welcome to the Vaudacity Podcast. I'm Vaudy, and today we have Tom Weber here. Tom is from Flushing, Queens, and he has been a good friend of mine for several years, and I just thought we'd have him on the first episode because he's got a lot of funny things to say, and uh, I don't know, he's just got a good story. All right, Tom, say hi to everybody. Hi, how's it going today? Good. Um, so, Tom, I know that you are a great softball player, but what a lot of people don't know is that you also have an electric scooter. Oh, yeah. It folds up into, like, a backpack. And uh, have you ever had any uh, issues on your scooter or anything? Uh, just a little bit with the street traffic and a couple of pothole situations. A couple of pothole situations, so... How, how how many potholes <laughs> well, the last have you pot, met? The last pothole wasn't that uh, from the Port Authority. I basically did a forward flip off, of it, off the scooter. Um, it was a little too dangerous to ride in the city, so I stopped riding it in Manhattan. Oh, you don't ride in the city anymore? <laughs> so you just drive it around town? Like in the neighborhood for fun. Uh, uh-huh. The wheels were too small for to be in the city for it. it has to, you have to have larger tires to accommodate bumps. <laughs> do you do you do any uh, sick tricks or like backflips or you just cruise on it? No, I just basically cruise. Sometimes you could sit and reach up and pull the throttle <laughs> and fly down the street like that. All right. Well, um, I I also uh, a lot of people probably don't know this. I know this. Um, that you were the original voice over for. To catch a predator as the predators, right? Yeah, actually I was. And uh, can you tell me a little bit how you got into that? And then uh, the story following (laughs) that? Well, one of the producers came down to my department at NBC and they heard I could do these unusual sound effects and maybe different voices and asked if I would like to be a voiceover for To Catch a Predator. And then when they gave me the script, all the highlighted parts on it was, is basically what the per- perps say online. Uh-huh. And at first I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually do that part. Because <laughs> you then... have such a high caliber of other. <laughs> <laughs> but then I showed up and uh, spent about two hours in the sound room and I met Chris Hansen and there was another girl there that was doing the voice of the other person on the online. Um, and... So I did all the parts, and I met Chris Hansen, and then a few How weeks... How was he? Was he nice? Yeah, he was nice. He he asked me if it was my first time doing that, and I said yes, and then he said... <laughs> I said, oh, you must hear that line all the time, because it's what everyone says on the sh- when they get caught by him. Uh-huh. And we laughed. Uh, and then a few weeks later, I had it to catch a predator party at my friend's house, <laughs> and I told my father about it, and he goes, that's not something you really should gloat about. <laughs> and then watching the show i realized that they used somebody else's voice for it and everyone thought it was me that i sounded different on television <laughs> so you just rolled with it from there yeah. or you know, a few you people wait till they were all gone and you're like ah that wasn't me at all i thought maybe they were to use different voices throughout the show and uh-huh. then eventually i realized the whole show was this other person <laughs> so it wasn't until weeks later that i went to the producer i finally came across her and i asked what happened and she said they had a few people try out for the part that they decided to use someone else uh-huh. and then i was like oh, you know i was kind of relieved in a way <laughs> i mean that could have been your big break though yeah. 
But I also know that before that, you were also on another show. Is that is that correct? Yes. Uh, I was on the Jenny Jones show for uh, for special talents. Yeah. And uh, I sent in a tape. I sent in a video of the talent and explained with under three minutes exactly how it developed the talent and what I do with it. What year was this? It was actually in 98. It was quite a while I, back. I, oh, so you had an old like camcorder or something? Yeah. Like It wasn't just like, oh yeah, I got it on my phone and I can no, I, just record uh, myself. It was a big production a bit, right? They actually had to, you couldn't email the footage. You They had a tape you had to mail uh -huh. in FedEx. And and um, so I, I did the video with my friend and we mailed it in and the next day they Jenny Jones show called me. They asked if I wanted to go to Chicago in a couple of days to do a talent show. So they give you a one-way ticket when you fly there. Really? Because they said people <laughs> in the past you get a round-trip ticket and they would take a vacation with it. Uh huh. So they make sure that you do the show and then they give uh, you the, the trip back. I thought it was just like, you got to find your own <laughs> way back home now. So then they even uh, sign a statement that if you kind of screw up on the show, you can actually not be on the show. Right. That if you make a mistake or something like that happens. So uh stayed at the hotel. We did tryouts. And um, I was on after like the third commercial break. But I got to see everyone else go on and during the show. And uh, it was pretty interesting, the show. I ended up being in the top three at the end. And I came in second place to the rapping grandmother. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and uh, what was the name of this show? It was, at first, it was called Unusual Talent Showcase, and uh -huh. they waited until the crowd was there and everyone was ready to go. Then a producer came in the back, and they said, oh, yeah, by the way, we changed the name of the show to Totally Useless Talents. So, <laughs> how did that make you feel? And the other contestants that were on the, the show, were they a bit upset? Because it, it seemed like, you know, you had to put through all this work and effort it wasn't like you could just upload the video to the internet and be done with it you had to go find a camcorder <laughs> do this mail it in i'm sure you had to go to the post office yeah. put it in a box it to was make a little sure bit of a hassle um there were i say maybe out of 25 people there were about five or six people that had talents that were very good talents mm -hmm. so you get like in a circus or whatever, and the rest were talents that anyone could do, like throwing a plunger up in the air and catching it on your bald head, or sliding along the floor and knocking bottles out of the way. Right. But some people were offended and shocked and said, my talent isn't useless, and other people had no response because they knew their talent was useless. <laughs> did anybody <laughs> get up and like leave or anything? No, they. everyone did the show. <laughs> uh, so everyone was just like, yeah, whatever. Two people didn't make the cut because they had accidents on the actual show itself. Uh-huh. What were, do you remember uh, what their talents were? One guy was breakdancing and he had like hula hoops around while he was doing spins. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he did a forward flip and jumped too high and missed, his feet missed the ground and he broke his, his chin on the oh stage. Oh my God. And the other person was from Jacksonville, I remember. It was a younger guy. He was on a uh, pogo stick. And he had these little lizards, salamanders, like, uh -huh. hold on to his face, <laughs> okay. his ears, his nose. <laughs> and while he jumped in the pogo stick, you see them flopping up and down while they held on to with his face with their mouth. Well, the actual day of the, sh uh, the show, uh, some of them fell off and he crushed one on stage <laughs> in front of everybody. And they said, we cannot air this. <laughs> so they cut out his part and the other guy's part. Um, 
don't know if you remember, there was a woman back in the 90s who did a Smart Beep commercial, and she had her eyeballs pop out. Yeah, really I remember seeing her on, uh, like, Guinness Book World Records. And, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was one of the judges on the show. Oh, yeah. And she picked me to be in the uh, the final three. And uh, I don't think we, you told us what your uh, useless talent is. Oh my God. <laughs> um, do you need you need a little pre- preparation? Uh, or are you gonna perform? No, when I was, uh, <laughs> I had broke my arm when I was about eleven years old, and I fell out of a tree, and I landed with my arms out, and I actually jabbed my my vocal cords. Uh huh. And I remember every time I had the cough, sneeze, or hiccup over the next few months, it. I couldn't do it because something had dislocated in my throat, and it always came out like a weird sound. And my friend said, that sounds like beatboxing uh-huh. or unusual sounds. So I just started to do, like, video game sounds like Pac-Man and beats, and then eventually over time I was able to sneeze, cough, the normal way anyone else does, but then I learned how to, like, harness the sound. Yeah. And then I would just just make beats, like, Like stuff like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so you get on this show, and you got people break dancing, and people with lizards on their face, and you just get up there, and you're just like, what, 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 what? so they put a little table like props where they had a fax and a game controller, and I pretended like I was pressing buttons and imitating uh-huh. sounds the best I could, and people laughed. There was actually three beatboxers that on the show, but. They said they were in a different category. Like, my sounds sounded more electronic. Uh-huh. So they had the three of them together on stage, you know, beatboxing war, and they had me on stage on my own, just doing video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just stuff like that, and, and pressing buttons. Uh-huh. And, so. and uh, has George Lucas tried to get you to be in... Uh... Star Wars to do some robot voices. Well, I don't think he ever found out. Uh, maybe he just never got the memo that I could right. do that. Well, yeah, I guess now you got to contact Disney because Disney owns all uh, that. But maybe they'll be open to it because, you know. And then I, and then uh, they didn't air the show. They recorded the show in May of that year, of 98. Uh-huh. And they didn't air it until August. Right. And I had... I almost felt like I shouldn't have been on the show because everybody started joking with me that I was a totally useless talent. (laughs) (laughs) I would go to work and friends would always be like, there's that guy with the useless talent. You know, I was like, oh, shut up. They were just jealous, I think. It was funny, though, but the show, what was funny about that show is about two, three years had passed and I was at a bar with friends one night and Mm -hmm. usually bars show random stuff, sports, repeats of, of, you know, they're selling some infomercial, and uh, I look up, and one of the TVs has the show I was on. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I went to the bartender. I go, hey, I was on this show. So when it got closer to my part, they shut the music off in the bar, and they played <laughs> the whole part of me on it. And then people started getting me free drinks. They're like, oh, it's, everyone pay for this guy right here. He was on television. So it was so, all, it wasn't a useless town. It uh-uh. got you some beers. And... Yeah, I got me a couple of beers for free. I just happened to be in Whitestone, Queens, and at the time I lived there uh, when the show was recorded. So on screen it said Whitestone, New York, and I was just happened to be in a bar in Whitestone uh-huh. at the time. So people were like, "Oh, representing Whitestone." <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was definitely interesting. Um, and have you done anything like that since, or have you? No, just... actually, I haven't looked much into. I thought of getting into voiceovers, uh-huh. uh, but I just followed like different path with other things. Um, I still think about trying out for stuff like you know some voiceovers or video games, mm-hmm. but I know there's a lot of computers that could do those sounds, but sometimes people like actual oh person does this noise you know or... right like uh the guy from police academy oh, yeah. you could you know just crazy can you noise. do more than him can you do anything can it's... you do like a helicopter you could i'm not too skilled <laughs> with all that uh like all those other noises mostly just like the facts and like what is that supposed to be <laughs> i don't know i gotta loosen up a little bit it's it's almost like a frog getting stepped on or loosen up even the cats are looking at me kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, they probably <laughs> probably think that there's a bird in the house or something. <laughs> I did have a couple of unusual situations over the years with the sounds. Joking around in my friend's yard, mm-hmm. I had a sparrow land on my shoulder. Oh, yeah? And it was chirping at me, and I was like, what? And as soon as it did the noise, it flew right to me. And I don't know what it was thinking. Like, it was its mother or something. <laughs> uh, See... I feel like Jenny Jones really did you wrong. It sounds like this was an uh, amazing talent. But Jenny Jones, even when she opened up her show, she said, all these all this talent's not going to get anywhere in life, these people on the show. Which people, <laughs> again, they were like devastated. They're like, oh my God. But um, it was nice to fly to Chicago. and Was that your first time? Yeah. And, and a few people... We're actually from Chicago. It showed us around for like, like two days. Uh-huh. Went to some restaurants. Got to just go on the train, the subway a little bit. Um, and it was all expense paid, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, another funny story is um, they gave us $50 credit towards the room, and we only stay in one night. Right. So they set up, you want to use the credit, you, there's a bar in the lobby here. It was a big hotel. And we go in there, and we see a whole group of people from Jerry Springer show on the other side uh-huh. of the bar. And they were like cross-dressers or something like that. Right. And they, we we became friends with them, and they were all, after a few drinks, they were yelling, Jerry Springer. And on our side of the bar, we were yelling, Jenny Jones. And we were like <laughs> chanting back and forth, no, Jerry Springer. It was like so funny. I didn't realize both studios were on the same floor of the same right. building. Yeah, I had actually, I had applied for a job at the Maury Show on up in Stanford. Oh, okay. Stanford? Stanford, uh, Connecticut. And it turns out that actually the um, all those shows are all on the same set, and they all oh. rotate. So, and I actually went to go see a Jerry Springer show once, and, you know, you wait in line, and, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if you're going to be able to make it in, and then you finally <laughs> make it in, and, you know, our, our, the episode we were on definitely never made it to air. It was just like a, <laughs> I, uh, I don't I can't even explain it. It was so bad. I thought they were coming out with their notes, like, like the script that they were reading. <laughs> she came out with like pieces of paper. I'm like, listen, honey, you need to memorize that. Then come out here yeah. and yell. And then, you know, then I learned that, you know, all those shows are on the same set. They just kind of have a rotating dais or something. Oh. And after the Jerry Springer show, they were like, Hey, does anyone want to stay for Steve Wilkos? And like, everybody's <laughs> like, nah, we're good. 
because you know he just yeah. yells at people and tells them to get off his stage and you know no one wants to see Steve Wilkos. I mean, he was cool when he was on the Jerry Springer show and just yeah. kicking ass, but... Uh... I get emailed sometimes saying that if I want to call in for free tickets, but I, I don't go up in that area of Connecticut too right. often. Right, yeah, no one does. It's a drab place. When well, I that area there, I was like, of, uh... I don't like this. The thing I did like about Connecticut, though, was that it had, instead of a speed limit, it had a speed minimum where, like, <laughs> if you went below that, then you would get pulled over, which I was like, yeah, that's, that's how amazing. it should be. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you hit Connecticut, everyone's doing, like, 80 or 90, you know. The thing I like about that area where um, the Maury Povert Show area is in Stanford, uh-huh. in the summer, they have five five Thursdays in a row. I think July to August, they have a thing called, like, I think it's Live at Five or something like that. There's a concert in the town itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put up some... Uh, you know, the, the restaurants put out little stands, pizza stands, and I saw, like, Shaggy there. The Beach Boys was there once, what and they closed treat. off the neighborhood, and they put a stage there, and they have performers five Thursdays in a row. So, yeah, it's, I, that's the few times I've been over there. And uh, did you use your useless talent <laughs> in any way, shape, or form? It's, it's <laughs> a little too loud to yell to. <laughs> sometimes I've played softball, and I'll run around the bases. I'm around the bases. I'll be like, oh! And everyone's like, "What the?" And then Shaggy's like, "Wasn't me." <laughs> he sung his, he sung that song like three times because people like sing it again. That's yeah. yeah. That would be the only reason I would want to see Shaggy if I'm being honest with anybody. Um, sorry, it's not that Shaggy. Far of a drive, listening. really, from here to that neighborhood, uh, like thirty minutes or something. Oh, from here, it's a little further because uh, we're in South Brooklyn now. But yeah, when I lived up in Rockland, it was a quick, easy drive up there, and the. The position I was applying for, they made it sound like it was some crazy cool thing. It was like transportation specialist, da 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 da. <laughs> and then I learned like it was basically like, oh, we need you to drive a 16 person passenger van from the hotel room to the studio. <laughs> and I was thinking like, oh, so I get to pick up all the crazy people for the shows. Oh, and drop them off at the studio and then take them back and forth. Like, I was just a, a glorified, you know, taxi cab driver, and they made it sound like it was going to be, like, something awesome. And they were like, well, um, have you ever had any experience driving a 16-person passenger van? And I was like, <laughs> no, but I don't know. I think I could do it. But honestly, I don't think I really could have done it. I think <laughs> I would have been more stressed out. Because I don't like driving as it is, and having that many people uh, dependent on you would be... Was it worth going to the concert or coming back? Depends on the drinking. Um, but it's funny, my uh, my friend, we, we worked at Madison Square Garden in the food department, and all we really did in the back was make fries, chicken fingers, and hamburgers. Right. And then he went to apply at a restaurant. And during his interview, he made it sound like he was like a grand chef. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like... And when he explained it all, he tried to use some, like this awesome vocabulary saying what he does for uh, work. And the person there said, so you just make French fries, right? He goes, yeah, that's hot dogs. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's it, it, They want you to like be this amazing person. So you have to like almost feel like you're lying in a way. And, you know, you're contorting like, oh, I was a fry cook into... Well, I uh, heated up vats of oil for commercial <laughs> dispositioning of exploiting the potato, blah, blah, blah. You know, and at the end of the day, yeah, they're like, um, so you just drop fries in a basket? Is that that? And you're like, 
yeah, I did. And they're like, all right, that's fine. Um, but like, it's just such a pain. Like, I don't know. I've been looking for jobs and you go on there and it's always like, we need someone that has five years experience in this software and the software only came out three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it deters you from even applying. Um, it's funny. I mean, I worked at Madison Square Garden for five years, and then I thought recently of I reapplied uh-huh. just to do part-time work. Right. And then my friend says, "Isn't that the place where you worked, where you accidentally pulled a fire alarm?" And I said, "I was like, yeah, I was in the kitchen." What's that story? <laughs> I was in the kitchen getting a fifty-pound bag of potatoes because we ran out of fries, uh-huh. and I slipped on something, and I went to throw the bag away from me, and uh-huh. I hit the wall, and there's a fire compressive system on the wall right and it cracked the seal uh-huh and the whole entire stand shut down and it started spraying water everywhere oh, no and our whole entire section in madison square garden shut down the gas and the fire department showed up and blocked all the eighth avenue and 32nd <laughs> street off my friend goes go look outside the window and i walked over there and there must have been like a dozen fire trucks causing crazy havoc outside madison square and this garden this is all because you needed more potatoes yeah, during a knicks nets playoff game <laughs> oh, no. I, and then they sh- the fire department walked into our department and pointed right at it because this is what this is what triggered <laughs> is it. it somebody must have leaned on it and i was like oh i guess so and what, what, ha- what was a good outcome of that is number one it wasn't that busy after that we just were cleaning instead of serving people <laughs> yeah and number two is the next day we actually had off of work and they got us a 12-hour overtime shift to come in to clean up the department. Well, it looks <laughs> like that worked out for you, Tom. So, yeah, it was just a, a freak accident and uh, it was raining on everybody. <laughs> it was like an inch of water in the whole department. And, uh, and it must have been gross and disgusting too, right? Like, it's yeah. that dirty groundwater that comes from the, the sewer. Well, <laughs> above the grease machines too, they spray all this, like, sand into uh-huh. it. Right, the water, so that all. Because yeah, if you drop enough. water and then then splash out and then cause a grease fire. So yeah, they only had a sign in the front that said they can only serve the stuff that's in the front, like hot dogs and stuff. Right. But everything in the back had to get taken apart, all the machines. Oh and... my god, do you know how much that cost? I don't know. <laughs> Could you estimate? <laughs> Would you say couple... it was in the hundreds of thousands? <laughs> no, probably a couple of a couple of hundred dollars at least. I mean, it didn't ruin anything. We just had to clean everything out. So okay. Uh, the cost of like the oil and the the manpower to come in the next day. Uh, yeah, I seem to get myself in the situations. Yeah, I didn't know about this one. That was a new one for me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess that that's it. We've been here for about twenty minutes or oh, so. Okay. And uh, thank you for your time, Tom. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. We would love to have you back anytime. Thank you for having me on the first podcast. Well, thank you for being here. Like, without you, I would just be here talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, uh, your uh, cab's waiting for you, so if you want right. to take it. Adios, amigo. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you for joining us on our first podcast, The, the Vaudacity with Vaudy. Uh, we'll be here every day for the rest of my life. Game over. Ha, 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 ha.